All right. Welcome to SYP Podcast. My name is Ian Vernon Biggie here. Uh, it's about 7.30. Sunday, September 5th. Uh, big sports weekend coming off of it's uh, a big Sunday night. Pleased to be joined by SYP creator Scott. Scott, what's going what's going on? Oh, you know, I'm, it's good to be back on the podcast. I'm finally, finally settled in my place in Kelowna here. Um, for some of you that don't recognize this background, I do recognize this background, sorry. Um, SYP creator Kevin used to live in this exact room and I have now taken his spot. So um, get ready for another eight months of content from this room. Um, hopefully not all on Zoom. Hopefully it'll be some in-person stuff, but yeah, it should be good. What, who's the Canada jersey again? Remind me who's the Canada jersey behind you, or is that just a blank Canada jersey? That one's a blank. That okay. one, to, the one to the left, the white one, that's actually got my name on it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a gift from the association after my last year of, of uh, rep hockey in Squamish. My two up here, I got one that's got my name on the Anaheim Ducks one, and then okay. one Kirby Doc. Okay. Um, I was I was gonna say, um, I didn't get my number or anything retired from like Squamish after I was done playing hockey, so. I don't know how fair that is, but whatever. Not I'm not complaining. No, they didn't put me in a. They didn't put me in a ring of honor. They didn't retire my number. They didn't like yeah. let me. You know, at the Seahawks game, how they rate like some celebrity raises like the twelfth man flag. They didn't yeah. let me do that before a Squamish Eagles game, which was kind of disappointing. Yeah. It sucks, but whatever. You well, can't always win. Yep. Um, let's talk about the week because we. It's been a busy week yeah. uh you came up to the okanagan you left on tuesday from uh from squish yep from squamish yeah um yeah i played golf i played golf four days in a row which is a blessing um in its own right uh played point gray monday topiano tuesday the rise wednesday and the harvest on thursday and then we played sumac ridge on saturday so that's five days five golf rounds in six days five and six days so you're yeah. becoming a pro pretty much um, I came up here on Thursday. I drove up from Squamish to, uh, Penticton where I am now. If you're wondering, I'm just in somebody's bedroom, uh, basically in Penticton, I uh, drove up Thursday. We golfed Saturday, which was pretty fun. We went at Sumac Ridge in Summerland. If you don't know, uh, you pretty much called it a dinky course, which it was it, it exactly what it is. Yeah. It's a dinky course, but it, it was fun. It was, you know, it, it's if definitely different from what I'm used to playing and, um, but it's, yeah, definitely cool. It's good to work on the short game there. That's for sure. Yeah. Because it's basically, what was it? I think the longest one, cause I haven't golfed there since like middle school. I think the longest hole is like on, up. on the card is like two Oh eight. Yeah. And it was, that was a par four. Yeah. And that was the longest one. Yep. So that was a great, that was a great time. Uh, you shot 36. Yeah, 36 with, I think I had seven bogeys and two pars or something like that. I think I got a par, I, I got a three anyways to to end the round. And I think I had the second row, second worst score of our group. So not great, but could have been, you know, worse. Could have been worse, yeah. Um, all right. So, we yeah, we hung out this weekend. We've gold this week. We're both in the Okanagan now, which is cool. Um, let's talk about some actual golf with some real pros not just you know us trying to you know pretend we're golfing sure. uh patrick cantley he won the tour championship yes congratulations to patrick cantley um did you catch the final round this afternoon of the tour championship no i actually did yeah i watched um just like parts of it during work i worked today um i worked kind of and watched rom and cantley john rom and patrick cantley 
kind of battle it out, kind of go not really back and forth, but Realm would always seem to be a shot behind. There was never like any back and forth. Catlin just managed to hold him off. Um, yeah, I mean, great performance from Catlin, no doubt. Um, Rom managed to give it a good shot, but he just couldn't get those putts to fall. It would. It's been such a well. Two takeaways from today, where um, Canley had the great week last week at the BMW Championship against Bryson, where I think he ended up finishing with 27 under, which is just ridiculous. Um, and then this week it was was it 20 or 21 under that he ended up with? Uh yeah, 21 under. But again, remember they started at t- he started at 10 under, so he- yeah. Right. So again, it gets just because how the tour championship works, you get, you get seated and the, the number of seats is how many strokes you are. Like it, it's, there's a certain ranking system, but yeah, Cantley started at 10 under. So he was really only 11 under the tournament for the whole tournament. Um, but it was still a great performance. Oh, no nevertheless. Doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And, and the other thing I wanted to mention was John Rahm having um, one of the most roller coaster like seasons. Oh, 100%. I mean, this was a super season, right? So let's not forget, this started, like, last, like, July. Last U.S. Open, like, when Bryson won, now it's when the season, like, started, started. They were still yeah. picking up from last year. Yeah, essentially, yeah. So it's it's a that's a long season for these guys. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, again, good for Catley to do do it all. Rom had a great season. There were a bunch of guys that had good seasons and had good good runs, for sure, but... I mean, not to state the obvious, Cantley obviously had the best one, but Rom was very good. I would throw Justin Thomas in there. He's having a good season. Mm-hmm. Shoffley, although he didn't technically win on tour, um, he had a great season too. Um, he didn't win the gold medal at the Olympics, which was huge. But um, yeah, just there's a bunch of names. I mean, I'm probably missing a few. You have a list of guys that you want to talk about. Well, I wanted to, because I kind of wanted to do a kind of a quick recap of the golf season because right. we're gonna, I think we're going to do a, a golf preview for the Ryder Cup here in a couple weeks uh, yeah. with some special guests. But like, you know, Hideki Matsuyama won the Masters this year. Yeah. Nicholson won the PGA Championship this year. Rom won the US Open. Colin Morikawa won the Open Championship. Shoffley won the gold medal. Like, a lot of great golfers won events this year, which I thought was really cool. Um, it didn't, it doesn't feel like the parody, like we see in like hockey. It actually felt like these guys truly deserve to win. And say that exactly. It's again, it's not like, you know, you talk about dynasties and in golf, like that would be to me, that screams Tiger Woods right there. But there, there was, there isn't that type of like, Oh my God, dynasty. but there's like 10 to 12 guys that could win every week, which is really cool. And that's, that's something that's fun to see. And again, four of the guys you mentioned there, well, maybe not Mickelson, but yeah, four of the five guys you mentioned there are guys that could win. If they get some putts to fall, they could win every week. Oh, that's for sure. Is, right? So, um, and all these guys are so good at this point. Like, did you have a, like, did you have a favorite moment from this season, from the golf season? I think mine's got to be the Mickelson PGA Championship. It's a tough one. Um, I think I think the PG I think the Mickelson win uh, had the most hype. I think people people were the most interested in the Mickelson win. Um, yeah, well, no doubt he's an iconic figure on tour. Um, a favorite moment that's tough. Um, I gotta think about that one. Um, I was gonna say I was gonna say the Masters with Matsuyama and Shoffley, kind of that back and forth. Sure. That was really fun to watch. Um, 
I mean, if we count DeChambeau's win at winged foot, that's technically last year. Sure. Part yeah. of this season, I would say that's one of them too. Um, yeah. I mean, I also, I also, I will say, I did like the, um, I think it was the, not the Genesis Open, but the, um, the sent, the Century, uh, I think, TOC, whatever one they had, like the uh, far. Oh, in Hawaii. No, 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 no. Uh, maybe it was that one. Um, there was one where they, it was like Charlie and Tiger were in the same group. They played together, oh. and then Justin Thomas and his dad. Okay. I forgot what it's called, but that was maybe early last year. I watched a good chunk of that. That was really cool to see, too. There you go. Um, yeah, so the tournament with Justin Thomas and his dad and then Tiger and his his son, Charlie. Um, let me just check to see what that tournament was called. Um, yeah, okay. I, I know. I remember which one you're talking about. I can't remember the actual name of it, but I do remember that moment. PNC Championship. Okay. It, it was like selling very familiar and yeah, but the, the PNC championship was the, it was like a best two man best ball with um, a PG tour player and a family member from their family. So um, yeah, I thought, I thought that was really cool as well, but um, I'll go with the masters uh, battle between Shoffley and Matsuyama. I think that was really cool. So the other thing I wanted to bring up with you where I think I'm a, listen, I like Bryson. I think Bryson is a great golfer. Uh, I think he's doing something that's great for the sport of golf. And he's a personality, good and bad. Like, he can get in his own way quite a bit, but he is a personality. What do you think? Do you think Bryson is maybe the biggest name with Tiger being out? Because Tiger's not physically able to golf. Is Tiger now... Not I shouldn't say Tiger, but is, is Bryson now the big guy with golf? Like, that's the star that we're selling every weekend. Do you think that's Bryson no, at this point? No, 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 and I have a few reasons why. Okay. Um, Bryson, don't get me wrong, is a polarizing figure, and he is – I mean, I, we know you're a simp for DeChambeau, and I love that. I respect that, well, and that's awesome. Well, the reason I – sorry to interrupt you, but it's like the reason I say that is because I think he's a guy that the casuals know. Like, if you're trying to get the casuals oh, well, to watch majors – Pardon? yeah yeah okay no i think you're right about that um that he is you know he is what casual you know casual fans like you know like they're like okay this guy can hit it 360 yards like he's an absolute beast no one can ever do that no one's ever done that that consistently at least and um i would say yeah i would say he's a one of the figures on tour to watch but i wouldn't say you can't really put a label on a guy that you're like, okay, this is the guy we're gonna watch every week. This is um, the guy we're. This is the guy we're marketing. Like, this is the guy. This is gonna be our star. Like, the, Bryson's not that guy. It's a bunch of guys for you then. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, there's. Okay. I think there's six. There's six guys that come to mind. Um, and I'll, I'll just list them all quickly here. Sure. Um, Justin Thomas, John Rom, Dustin Johnson. Um, I think Tiger and uh, Tiger and Phil when they're healthy. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, Tiger and Phil are their own. That's their own echelon. Sure. That's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. They're, they're their own league. I'm talking about there's these six guys in the middle. Bryson is one of them, is one of those six guys for sure. But um, DJ, Rom, uh, Justin Thomas. Um, I said, I said Rom. Yeah. I said so Morikawa, yep. DeChambeau, and Brooksy. No, McElroy. Brooks, 
Oh no, you know you got to give no Brooke, Brooksy's ahead of uh, McElroy, I think. No, 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 I don't think people enough people like Brooks. So if the PJ Tour is trying to market, I don't know if enough, I don't know if enough casuals know who McElroy is. Yeah, like I think I think Kepka oh, has a way better game offline, like off the course online than McElroy does, and that's why I think people like him more. You think people like Kepka more than McElroy? I think so. I'll, I can make that an, an SYP poll, poll, but I think more people like Kepka more than McElroy. I don't agree with that, but okay. okay we'll be, let's let's let the fans decide that. Sure. Um, we'll do okay. Kepka versus McElroy. Who do pe- who do people like more? So who, do the fans, who would you rather? I guess it's a tough one. Who would you rather watch, or would who would you rather? Who like? who do you like? I guess who do you like more as a person, as an individual? I like that. I like that. Um, like, cause you have this, you have your six guys is, is that, so that's kind of where golf is right now. We have six guys who are really marketing and we're really selling and we're real like, these are the six guys that we're really, I don't want to say leaning on, but in a way leaning on to help grow our sport. I wouldn't say I, I don't, I can't limit it to just six guys. The PGA tour now is so wide open. Uh, so wide open and there's so many even like every week you'll see like oh my god this guy's like newish to a very casual fan i follow pretty closely so i know a few guys better than some other people might and kevin knox yeah kevin knox is one of them cameron champ is a name that people don't really oh yes kevin knox actually i think it's a basketball player isn't he there's kevin kisner who you're probably that's who i think i'm thinking of kevin Kevin kisner yeah um Anyways, yeah. So there's there's so many other guys that on any given week could put on a show and be in in the top six. Um, I'm just like the guys that I mentioned are just consistently there, and they're guys that I think are very enjoyable to watch and they're fun players. Um, but I, it can't just be limited to just six players. There's so many um, people that could be there or on the list or around that. You know, that's fair. I don't have an argument with that. Yeah. I, I I wanted to know what your thought is because you know. I think you and I think like not that we're against one another, but I think you and I see different like eye to, like not quite eye to eye, but maybe differently in some regards in that sense of like having your stars versus just the whole field, if you know what I mean. Yeah, hundred percent. No, it, it take it, it takes. It's not one player that makes the league. It's a few players. That it takes an army. Exactly. Uh, the other question I wanted to throw at you. This was an interesting one. Let's say there was a commissioner of golf. Sure. The Gary Bettman of golf. Well, it's professional golf association, but okay. is that what it is? Okay. So basically if you were the head of the PGA, sure. Is there anything you would change to the golf season? Like the schedule courses, timing of majors, actual gameplay. Like, is there something that's really bugging you in golf that you'd like to see changed? If you got the opportunity to change it. You know, there's a thing, I think it was, um, Either Xander Shoffley or um, it might have been Justin Rose. It was one of either one of those two guys. They brought up a really interesting point about the length versus the the width of golf courses. Length of golf courses, in essence, doesn't matter. Like you can make it as long as you want. PGA Tour players will still rip it apart. It's having players make different shots. Like you can have, for example, you could have an open course. That's and you have seven heart. You have like a, I don't know, a five hundred and sixty yard par four, which for you and I is an, is like a pretty long par five. Especially I, that that might be there all day. 
especially at sea level. For yeah. those guys, a lot of those guys can hit that green in two. Because you think about it, that's a, in pristine conditions, if they hit an average, let's say they hit an average 320-yard drive. Sure. 560. They only have 240 in. For some guys, that's like a six iron. Or it's, a an eight, it's, a, it's an eight iron for Bryson. It's an eight iron. Well, exactly. It's an eight iron for Bryson. I mean, well, there's, um, there's a thing that um, I think it was, um, oh, what was his name? Luke Donald was giving him shit because – did you see that post? It was really funny, actually. I um, didn't see the post, but somebody was trying to tell me about it, and I and I so wanted to search it up, but I didn't get the opportunity. Quick, to. quick sidebar: So Luke Donald, a former English uh, English golfer, um, I think he's doing commentary now. He's doing commentary now, I think, for the Golf Network or someone. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the reason why DeChambeau ha- can hit his eight iron two hundred thirty three yards is because he de lofts his club. So basically, eight irons like pretty pretty lofted. So he de lofts it, so he makes it flatter. And because he swings so fucking hard, he has, he'll, if you have a lofted club, he'll spin. This is the quote from Instagram spin the shit out of the ball. <laughs> Not a joke, which makes sense because he oh, has yeah. create so much swing speed. So his ball, it'll be out of control. So he has to de loft it and get it lower, right? And because he comes so steep on the ball, he'll make it go higher, right? Anyways, so point is, uh, Justin Thomas was funny he gave a response as like guys like let's have them you know let's have a good story here let's see oh bryson can actually hit it 200 hit an eight iron 233 yards but but my point my overarching point here is that making the course longer isn't going to do anything you have to make it tighter you have to make shots more interesting make the rough a little more harder to get out of you have to to really kind of challenge these golfers in different ways other than hitting the ball further because with technology and how it is these days guys can hit 320 yard drives without any issue well the other thing too i think there's something to be said for like guys are taking care of themselves like physically like their health is way better than they were 10 years ago 20 years ago 100, 100. well golfers are athletes at this point you look at yeah Rapsford in the gym he's a beast yeah so i think there is something to be said for that yeah. um I think if I had the opportunity to do something i would try and sim- simplify the rules a bit Okay. golf because i think i think for again some casuals some of the rules can be a bit confusing like baseball in a way like some of the rules can be confusing about like not grounding your club in the sand or like can't you know if I mean, somebody you doesn't just go do it anyways but whatever no i get i get that but i i think they i think if there's an opportunity to make you know things a little bit easier people yep. would would follow golf a bit more what i love about golf and what i love what they did recently i can't remember how many years ago but i think they announced this the, the new format the new format the new schedule how we're doing it now uh, since golf got into the olympics was uh we have a major in april may june and july right august is usually by the end of july august is when the olympics happen if they do happen right. and the whole season's wrapped up by football season which I think is smart. It's so smart because you're not competing with the NFL on Sundays. You're, you have your, you know, you have your peaks and valleys of interest throughout the spring and the summer with major events, with some smaller events, with the Olympics every four years. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's a really great schedule that they have. So there's not a lot, actually, I would change to it. Maybe just making a rule simple. Like I think golf as a, you know, smaller, I don't want to say niche sport, but like 
you know, it's not one of the four major sports, but it still definitely has its place in yeah. the sporting world today, especially as a, you know, television viewing experience. I think it's in a really good spot. I, I think being at, you know, being in at a golf course, watching these guys live, I think that would be like an experience second. And I've never had the chance to go to a PGA tournament, but I think it'd be on the list. Waste management open. Here we come. But um that would be that's in Arizona. That's with the 16th hole around the grandstand or yeah. around it. That would be um, a good experience. But I agree with you. Like it, the schedule is really good. Um, I mean, I grew up knowing the rules of golf. I, my dad kind of drilled it in my head when I was 12, 13 years old. So, oh, that's I, I was gonna say that's all my dad. My dad tried to tease me as a kid was like right. golf etiquette, and then we go play at Sumac. Yeah. You saw Sumac, like we're trying to play golf etiquette at Sumac, and it's just yeah, like, no, okay, yeah. Fair enough. Anyways, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think the PGA does a really good job with what they're doing, and they, you know, I think the game's growing a lot, and as it should. It's it golf's a great game. It it's sure it's not the most physically demanding, and because you can play as your as a sixty seven year old, but mentally, it's one of the hardest sports in the world. Well, and the other thing too, yeah. in, ter- in terms of like from my like looking at it from my perspective, like trying to sell it online or promote it on social media. Right. Like there's a lot of interesting storylines when it comes to golf. Oh, no doubt. Especially during the major season. Yep. So that that's our golf talk. I'm really glad we did that. Yeah, that was needed. That was good. That was good. We'll do a Ryder Cup preview here in a couple of weeks when that kicks off. But I, I'm really excited for that. Uh, should we talk hockey? I think we should. And that's kind of why I'm here. I'm All right. the certified hockey expert of Speak Your Peace. So you're our senior hockey correspondent? Yes, I am not yet Bob McKenzie status, but I'm getting there. I need I need some more insider information from you. Um, so over the weekend, Jesperi Kakaniemi did not get his offer matched, offer sheet matched by the Montreal Canadiens. So he is now a Carolina Hurricane. They signed him for the Hurricane signed him for a one year, six million dollar contract. So Kakaniemi is off to Raleigh. A first and a third went to Montreal, but then Montreal flipped a first and a second, I believe, a 2022 second to the Arizona Coyotes for Christian Dvorak. Scott, we'll go go kind of in parts here, but let's start with the Cock and EME offer sheet. Were you surprised that Montreal did not match that? No, they can't afford that. They can't afford them. I don't think Cock and EME is worth 6.1 million, first of all. That's the biggest thing. He had a good playoff, don't get me wrong, but he's not worth six and six mil in by any stretch of the means. Um he could maybe worth be worth four. Um, I do like the move on Carolina's part. Giving up a first and a third is kind of steep. Was it first and a third or a first and a second? I just want to I, I want to pull it up. No, go. it was a first and a third to Carolina. That um oh, okay, the ori- yes, the original one, yes. And then caught Kinemi went the other way. Yes, the offer sheet. Pretty um, much a trade, yes. In essence, yeah. So I like the move on Carolina's part. It gives them um, really good finish depth because they got. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay. They got some good finish depth there. Wow. Um, not intended at all. Um, no, that was that was extremely intended. You knew what you were doing. I yeah, I did. Um. Anyways, Aho, Servinen, and Kotkinemi there. They're all there. I think that's a good setup and. I don't know, maybe being in a different environment, being kind of not as the go-to guy anymore. He's more of like a secondary piece. Whereas Montreal, I feel like he was kind of being 
pushed into being the guy being the third overall pick. Yeah. Right. I think now Carolina's kind of got like a fresh start in a way. Um, I think, it, I think it'll thrive, especially with some guys, some finished guys that have a little more experience than he does. So, well, so I, I, I thought when a Kakanami was, was given this original offer sheet, it's like, Oh yeah, this, this makes sense. Like I get where Carolina's coming from here, where Carolina gets a talented player. I think Yasperi Kakanami is a talented player. Very. Oh, for sure. He's he's pro he's only just a middle six forward right now, a middle six center right now. Yep. He's I think I think he can break through and score maybe 25, 30 goals in a year. I think he's good for 50 points. I think he's good for 50 points. Yeah. That that's that was my next thing. 50 to 60 points. I think he can get 50 to 60 points. So in that regard, I think it's a really smart bet from the Hurricanes to say, yep. This guy is younger than me. He's 21 and he's younger than me. And we think we can make him that 50, 60, 20, 30 goal score. We think we can do that. So that I like. I think yeah. that makes sense from Carolina's perspective. I agree. Montreal, again, go ahead. Montreal also gets quality draft capital from that deal yes. with Kakanami. Yeah. Oh, for sure. With a first round pick and a third round pick. And a first-round pick next year, which is supposed to be a loaded loaded draft class. But we'll talk about that in a few months. Once we'll we talk there. about that later on down the road. It's supposed to be better than at least this year's, which was very hit and miss. So a smart bet from Carolina. An understandable move from Montreal's perspective, who did not have $6 million to just hand out to a guy like Kakaniami and what he is right now. Cause that's what this move I think is about for Montreal is right now. Yeah. It's a short-term uh, play. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt about it. And they just didn't have six million to throw around to Kakaniami. So yep. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, 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 I don't know if Montreal is going to regret it. They might, but I don't think that's also who Bergevin is. I don't think he's the type of dude to like, give him like feel pity for not doing that. I think he kind of understands yeah. like what the situation is right now. It's like, I was stuck between a rock and a hard place and I just couldn't pull the trigger on a deal like that. Yeah. yeah and I think, I think the loss of Denol is going to sting him more than talking yeah. the end. But that um, anyways, now let's talk about the guy they did get. Okay. And that's Christian Dvorak who, was sent to Montreal in exchange for a first and second round pick. In oh, the first round pick was this in 2022 draft. The second round pick's 2023, I believe. I think it's 2024. I could be wrong. Okay, it's one year after. Anyways, does the point is it's still a second round pick. So the first round pick to, to Arizona. Yes. It's basically the higher, the highest pick between Montreal and Carolinas. Oh, I see. So it's conditional-ish. It's conditional-ish, but if both picks are in the top 10, then Arizona gets the lower pick, if that makes sense. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. So so Dvorak, that was a bit steep of a price that I would pay for Christian Dvorak. I like Christian Dvorak. I think he's looking, you know, kind of like Hawk and Yemi needs that place to shine that isn't Arizona. Right. I just don't know if first and a second is what i would give up for christian dvorak that you give up which i mean that is more than what you paid 
you know, what you got for Kotkaniemi. So I guess the real question is who's a better player, Dvorak or Kotkaniemi? That's the real question here. Well, I think Dvorak is a better player right now. Well, there you go. And that's that's why a first and second was given up, right? That's really, yeah, I I guess that's why. I I just think that's a that's a steep price for somebody. And the other thing I think that should be talked about is that centers are really hard to find. Like it's very it, it's tough to find a a a, a two, good center. Two way centers with yes. size that can score and have a bit of an edge are near to impossible to find unless you draft them. And yeah. the fact you traded for one is pretty good. And I will say, I think Dvorak fills a need that Kotkaniemi wouldn't have with the loss of Denol. That's my hot take on this. Yeah. And Dvorak is better defensively than Kotkaniemi is. There's no doubt about that in my mind. And again, you have Suzuki as your one. That's no doubt about that. Yeah. Dvorak's your two. And then you have the rest of the, your roster down, down below. But point is Dvorak right now is, I wouldn't say an elite 2C, but he's a good quality 2C. He's a high, like he's a high quality 2C. On that team, 100%. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing to keep in mind with the Habs in general, yeah. it's just they're not an elite offensive scoring juggernaut. No. Like that, like that's, just not, that's just not how they're set up. No, there's no way. And I think that's how they want it to be set up. I think that's how they've been, you know, Bergeron has been building this team. Yeah. So I don't think this is, I don't think this is by mistake. You know, I mean, maybe getting to the Stanley Cup Finals was a mistake that nobody ever saw happening, but it happened. So I guess my point is, it's a bit, mu- for the actual asset of Christian Dvorak, that's a bit much for somebody who hasn't scored 40 points in a season yet. But for the things that he brings, as in like, he's a second line center who we talked about, a good, a high, high quality second line center yeah. who can do what Montreal wants to do who's getting out of Arizona because it's just, they're going to be tanking this year. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. I, 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 yeah. Yep. Yep. Totally see that. Why? Yep. Um, I guess we should also talk about the coyotes a little bit from their perspective on this deal. Well, I will say the coyotes air loaded with draft capital and shit contracts. So yeah. you tell me what they're trying to do. They're going to tank. Oh, I know. I know what they're trying to do. Yeah, I they've been like this is what I said the Sabers should be doing is just picking up shitty con- like being the dumpster fire with everybody's bad contracts and taking draft capital or like prospects yeah for said contracts right and just you know taking two or three years off four years off five years off at most right yeah the Coyotes I don't know they're I don't know I mean they're they're talking. I'm talking about moving to Tempe now, building the arena in Tempe and Tempe and Tempe. Sorry, Tempe. You're the, you're the Arizona expert here, so you should probably talk about this. But so, well, um, okay. So, so pretty much what's going to happen? So, this is their last year at in Glendale at their current arena. It's going to be really tough to sell your team to a new venue. I mean, they've been talking about building a new arena in Tempe with Arizona state university. Cause they have a pretty up and, you know, cause all an up and coming hockey team. Yeah. Which I think makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I just don't know when that's going to be built. I don't know when they're coming in, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't know how long that arena, that arena could be built. You know, they could agree on that tomorrow 
and right. it's not built till, until 2024. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. You never know. So now this year, the Coyotes are trying to sell themselves, I'm sure, to different venues to say, we need to play here for X amount of time until we can get a, a new proper arena. And they're going to be really bad this year. Like they could be, I think there's, there's a good chance they could be the worst team in a league this year. Yeah, there, there is. And people aren't projecting that, but yeah, they, again, they give up a lot of some of their three other better players in this off season, Kemper, Ekman Larson and Garland are all gone. And Phil Kessel could be the next one. Clayton Keller could also be gone. Could be gone too. Yeah. So yeah, I think from, from the actual hockey perspective, the Dvorak deal makes a lot of sense because I don't know how many other teams are giving up a first-round pick for him. And I think you're just trying to coll- collect a whole bunch of assets for to be you know good in five years from now, a bunch of drafted yep. capital to be good in five years from now. So this yep. makes a lot of sense. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about some recent hockey signings? Yeah, there was, uh, there was a few. Uh, Fairby from Philadelphia, he got signed. Yes. That was what? what was Six years, $30 million, so a $5 million AAV. I like it. I think it works for Philadelphia. He's only getting better, so. They've actually done a really nice job these last few years. Uh, or I should say last few years. Almost like the last 18 months since COVID because they've re-signed Lawton, I believe. Yep. They've re-signed Sean Couturier. Yeah, Couturier got a big deal. Eight years, 56 mil for you, for him. And now you got Farabee. So you 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 have this core. I know you traded Voracek uh, to Columbus earlier this year. For Atkinson, which I don't know if that's a loss. I don't think I, I think you you've at least um you know you will you, you're still even. Like I don't think you're losing, like you say. It's not a loss. You're still even. Yeah. Yep. yep. So with that being said, do you you think the Flyers make the playoffs this year? Is that where this team goes? That, that like they that, so, that has to be what they're thinking when they make that trade. You no, know, honestly, it's so oh, that's a tough one. The Flyers, like any team, are gonna have to rely on their goalie, and their goalie, as we both know, can be really fucking good. He can be. He can be. Um, and Carter Hart is probably number one on my list in terms of guys that need a rebound season, and he will have that rebound season he might even be a best candidate i'm gonna say it right now i have no problem saying it no um, I, I i i i yeah I've, in a normal year with yeah. a better defensive unit in front of him i think that's not out of the realm of possibility i mean Provorov versus the line is pretty shit but <laughs> it's it that was that was another podcast we talked that about. was another podcast it, it it's ideally you're hoping for improvement you're hoping everybody bounces yeah. back oh i think the flyers will improve i think they'll make playoffs um and heart's gonna be better and i think that's gonna be a big part of the flyers success um i don't think they'll be the top seed in that division though there's other teams that are better um yeah the islanders will it's be a really low it's a really loaded division oh that division's stupid yeah it's actually stupid um buffalo Will be really good. No, oh, sorry, not Buffalo. Um, yeah, not Buffalo. The Islanders. Yeah, like Buffalo. Islanders. Boston. I think will still be somewhat good. Boston's the Atlantic. That's not Metro. No, I'm sorry, not Boston. Yeah. Um, who am I thinking of? Um, Pittsburgh. Sorry. Pittsburgh will still be pretty good. Um, I'm thinking of the wrong gold and black team. 
yeah, the Rangers might actually make some make some noise. The Flyers will be up there for sure. Um, Columbus, New Jersey. I think New Jersey and Columbus are probably like the two teams who I New Jersey's a sleeper team, especially if Blackwood can play back. well. And if he comes back and puts himself into Olympic team contention for Team Canada, which some people have him as their third goalie, I don't personally, but he's not um, my third goalie. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, we know who your third goalie is. Anyways, um, Jordan you know, Bennington. You said Carter Hart. Anyways, um, we'll talk. We'll talk about that later. But if the Devils can have some sort of run with you know Hamilton's now there, uh, they had a good offseason. They had a pretty good draft as well. So who knows, right? We'll see what happens in New Jersey. But I think the point of all of this, Flyers should make the playoffs hopefully this year. So the other deal, I did, well, there's two other deals that. I have down that we should talk about. The other one I really wanted to discuss is Drake Batherson. Signing yep. a six-year, 29.9 million, so a 4.98 million yep. AAV with Ottawa. That's a good deal for Ottawa, is it not? I like Batherson as a player. I think that's a good deal. Ottawa wins it. Yeah, are you kidding? Yeah. yeah. Batherson's probably worth a bit more than that. I think him, I think he's better player than Fairview. Not by much, but I think he's better. Well, I think that's I think that's probably like the same deal that Montreal would probably have to give the cock and the Emmy. Oh, in terms of term and money, yeah. Term, term I, and money. I think that's probably what Cock and yeah. looking for. And yeah, I know I like I like I've liked Batherson too. He's ever since the 2018 World Junior, he's really stood out to me. Um, yeah, he's a he's a shooter, man. And him and Stutzel have a have great chemistry. And um, yeah, they'll be fun passer and shooter right there. That'll be good. Good combo for a couple years now. Hopefully, Bathson can put up 30 goals one year and secure the bag after this contract. And maybe Brady Kachuk will get signed. That would be a pretty lethal line, actually. It's a fun line. That's a fun line to consider. Kachuk, Schutzla, and Bathson. That, that's a good power play setup, though. Put Shabbat and uh, Norris on there, too. So that's stupid. It's a pretty good deal. Pretty good. Um, the other contract, the final one that I at least want to mention... Uh, my guy, Philip Peronic, three years, $13.2 million with the Red Wings. He resigns yep. there with a 4.4 AAV, which is the lowest AAV out of the three guys I mentioned, which is probably fair. Um, should I be talking about this signing? Because I watched This is the- your guy. Okay. He is your, unfortunately, first pairing defenseman on the wings, which isn't, to be honest, that good. He's not that good of a player. He's probably... In reality, a top four defenseman on most teams, but he's yeah, I was gonna say he's de- he's like I don't I, I don't think anybody's he's only been playing on the top pair because they don't like they you don't can't have be playing top pair in defenseman yeah you can't be playing Mark Stahl and Troy Stetcher on the top pair no nope. um but I like the deal for the Red Wings I think yeah. that's a good term I think eisenman has been signing you know a lot of these kind of medium term three year deals for a reason. I don't. I think the four point four million AAV is about right for his, you know, skill set. He's like the, you know, Thomas Shabbat's, the Quinn Hughes's of the world. I don't know if he's quite in that elite category. He might just be in like the one B kind of Paul George, you know, like really, really good, but not one A type. If you know what I mean. Um, sure. I don't think he's. I think that's not a good comparison, but. No, it's it it, no, it's very no, it's not like I'm just trying to compare like compared to like 
because obviously like when you think of like these big mobile two-way offensive defensemen, you know what I'm talking about? Like the McCars and the Hughes and the Shabbats, uh, Miro Heiskanen is another guy. Like, I don't think, I don't think Hronik is on that level, but I think the dude is really good. I, think I would compare him more to Essa Lindell. I think that's a better comparison. Um, I think he, I think he's better than that, but I'm also biased. No, so you shouldn't you shouldn't be listening to my opinion in that regard. No, but I think you're right. I think Hronik is better than Lindell. Lindell plays in a better system in the situation in Dallas. Sure. But I'm just comparing like the type of player and in this sort like the sort of level that they're both at. Hronik's like a, a third defenseman on a team. Or and him and Hronik are both should be third defenseman on a team, but Hronik plays at like a first defenseman because he's the only guy that can do it. So, anyways. Philip Hronik is really good. Just throwing that out there in case anybody uh, didn't think otherwise. Uh, if you if, if you decide if like the Red Wings are actually getting like, I don't know if they'll be good, good. Like they might be just better than usual this upcoming season. Right. If you watch more Red Wings games, I think people would really get to know who Hronik is and like how talented he actually is uh is there any other hockey move signings you wanted to discuss before we move on here no but we should definitely do our season preview pod sooner than later we will i wasn't worried about that we'll do maybe that's what our our, most of our thursdays will be uh because i'm assuming that we're looking at doing our thursday schedule you know so we can release friday pods maybe that's what that'll be i think that's good all right. Um, I'm going to do a quick college football if recap. If you have a content for the weekend, right? Pretty much. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to do a quick college football recap because it was week one this uh, past week. And uh, someone big... forgot to do it on selections. And someone forgot to do it on selections, but that's okay. We still love them. Good Lord. Notre Dame has blown their lead to Florida State. It is now 38-38 as we record. Uh, Notre Dame had 21 for, uh, third quarter points. Florida State now has 18. So we are tied at 38 in that game. But the other big scores I wanted to mention uh, in college football this weekend include Notre Dame. Uh, they, again, I wanted to include that because I'm wearing the hoodie. Uh, Ohio State beat Minnesota. Um, Georgia beat Clemson. Uh, Scott, your Ducks, your Oregon Ducks beat Fresno State. Congrats. Do you, do you, do you care at all about college football? Or do you no. know anything about No. Uh, Jameis Winston still plays for Florida State, right? <laughs> or, uh, oh sorry that was 2014 sorry. uh montana beat washington that's not good that's, i know that's not good that's not good utah state beat washington state also not good east tennessee state beat vanderbilt wow okay and one of my favorite games of the week uh ucla beat lsu at the road Bowl. wow yeah UCLA is a basketball school. They're not supposed to be. Well, you know who's coaching UCLA? Jim Harp. No, that's Michigan. Um, No, I don't know who it is. Chip Kelly. Really? Yeah. Another former 49ers coach is coaching at UCLA. Nice place to live, I guess. Nice place to go to school. Yeah. I, I don't think I've been to the Rose Bowl, but I've been to like the Westwood UCLA campus. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Um. Should I also mention how my manners are uh, close to the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, the Jays just swept the athletics. Well, and by the way, thank you for doing that, because as a manners fan, we needed that help. The uh, The manners are three games back in the playoffs. Bl- the Blue Jays are four games back. 
See, the wild card. It's a tight race. We're we're chilling. We'll be good. It's gonna be a fun finish into baseball, no doubt about that. Especially in the AL. Go Murners. Go Murners. No go. Uh, you wanted also. Uh, we should talk about some uh, some entertainment, some music. Yeah, you know, talking to some people this weekend, we're trying to grow the entertainment aspect, and I think this this podcast there might be there's gonna be some good discussions here. Uh, I think we're I think Rav and I, SYP creator Rav, I think he wants to do like a full deep dive on the album. So him and I might actually just do a whole podcast dedicated okay. to the to the albums. I like it. I like it. What are your so the the two obviously albums that we're mostly talking about, uh Drake and Kanye West. Yes. Favorite songs from each album. We'll talk about the Drake album first. What, what's your favorite song from the Drake album? Oh, wow. Uh, from Certified Lover Boy, which is the name of the album, which came out on September 3rd. My favorite song is probably Fair Trade with Travis Scott. Okay. Um, Poppy's Home is pretty good, too. That's just Drake going off. Um, yeah, those two. I don't, I don't know. I like the beat. I like Drake was kind of going hard in them. Um, yeah, I think those, those two kind of stood out to me. I haven't given it a full, full, like proper listen, but I've given, you know, I've done, I've gotten through most of it. And um, those are the two that stood out to me for sure. Uh, Certified boy lover, as Rav said. Um, I like fair trade. I think fair trade's my favorite. Uh, I discussed uh, which, which one was it? I got to find it here. Uh, The tie we talked about it. Tie dollar sign song. I think was probably my second favorite. Okay. Uh, Um, I mean, yeah, went went. Uh, get along better with Ty Dollar Sign. No friends in the industry is good. Uh, oh, champagne poetry. I actually liked. I don't know if people like that one, but I I, I thought the uh, the opening did, song was good. That's fair. That's fair. Champagne. I I thought it was good. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a least favorite song from the Drake album from Certified? lover boy i don't know yeah champagne i don't know i didn't love champagne poetry i don't have like when i haven't listened to a full album it's hard for me to say oh i don't like this song like they're all fine it's just well i think the i I was gonna say i think the thing is that us being like white suburban kids i don't know where exactly the um experts on saying what's good and not but at least we have our own opinion yeah, and everyone's entitled to that, right? And um, exactly. I, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think I don't, I don't have like a least favorite song. Um, they're all fine. They're all good. Um, do you have a favorite feature? Is it the is it the the, the uh, Travis Scott feature? Is that your favorite feature? I'd say so. I, I, as yeah. of right now, yeah, I'd say the Travis one's really good. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's easy. Kanye album, Donda. Donda. Donda, Donda, Donda. Um, yeah. What's your favorite song from that? That's tough. Um, Hurricane with The Weeknd and Lil Baby. For okay. sure. For sure. People know I'm a religious The Weeknd fan. And when that when I first, because again, on Donda, they don't like tell you the features. They just, it's just the song title. Yeah, it's kind of, a, kind, first, of a, kind of a dick move by Kanye, really. Uh, whatever. When when I first heard that song, I was like, "Holy shit, this actually is like this is a great song." And this song yeah, slaps. This song slaps. Yeah, that one, Hurricane, definitely my favorite. Um, 
off the gr- I also like off the grid. Okay. Off the grid's really good. Jail part one. I like part the the baby part's okay. No, I did no, no I was gonna say jail part one's my favorite. Uh it's yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I mean the the baby part is fine. It's it sure, okay, fair oh. enough. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I also like Jonah's pretty good too. I like Jonah. I actually enjoyed Jonah's listening to good. that. Um, I'll talk about two more. So tell them, I like what, what uh, he did with television, but television from pop smokes album is way better. Yeah. I still like what he did when in the Donna version of television. Yeah. Um, and I'll end off with um, moon, which featured Don Tolliver, probably one of the most, I think in concert, that would be like unbelievable. The, the first half of Moon would be unbelievable in concert. Yeah. Yeah. That's- I, I like the, the Donna album has some real, like some songs that are like, okay, these are actual bangers. Do you, so you like the Don, you like Donna more than Certified Lover Boy? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll say it. I have, I will say as of right now, I have more songs downloaded from, Donna than I do from Certified Lover Boy. That's all I need however, to hear. However, um, it's again, it's still it's still early. Don't, CLB came out two days ago, three days ago, whatever it was. So yeah, no too early to say. Um, but as of right now, yeah, I have more songs from Donna. I think Donna's got um, better features. I mean, when the weekend's on, in an album, like it's automatically one of my favorite albums, anyways. But um, yeah, it's yeah. Do you have a least favorite Donda song? Donda Champ. It's annoying. That okay. Thank you. Yeah, that that's a good that's a good answer. Really good answer. Annoying. I don't was, even know. I was like when I, I was like I, when I heard this, I was like, okay, fuck, this album's gonna suck. And yeah, I, no, that that's a that's a terrible opening song. I can I'll admit that. I know that for sure. That's a terrible opening song. I am not afraid to say that. Like, don't do I, don't do that yeah. again, Kanye. I would have it would have been hype if television was the first song and it was like a short little snippet of it. That sure. Would, that would have been sick, but like Donda chat, really? Like, I don't know. I just didn't, I don't, didn't understand why, but. But he's a, lyr- you know, Kanye's a lyrical genius. What's your so. favorite? So, what do I know? You said Jail, right? What's your favorite song? Jail's my favorite. I don't know. I, Donda Chant's probably my least favorite. Okay. Well, at least we agree on that. Um, Any other Final Thoughts music, Drake, Kanye album? We can talk about we have a ma- we have a mailbag question, so maybe we will go to the mailbag and you can. Uh... Sure. Well, I think that mailbag question is mine, but. <laughs> yeah, no, you're the only one who asked mailbag questions, but I do want to. I do oh, want to. I answer. do have one from an external source who I will not name. It's a Keith. Well, he's my roommate, so yeah, of course. You just say Keith. Just say okay. Keith. Like you don't have to like. I I know that you're trying to do the Friedman thing of like protecting your sources. Yeah, of but- course. But like it's Keith. We, it's yeah, Keith. it's from Keith. I, do you want me to ask it first, or want me to ask? Sure, ask the Keith question first. Hey, Keith. Keith's question is: When is Ian getting back on Tinder? Uh nah, no, I'm good. You know, the fascinating thing about it is that, um, you know, city girls go crazy. Okay. No, uh, not my thing. There's too many people. Like too many people that I've already. And then no response or no match. So like, right. I feel like I'm wasting my time when I could be writing a blog. And I feel like a blog is more successful uh, to my uh, li- love life than Tinder. 
one man's opinion. Um, fair enough. Anyways, um, so Ian's not going back to Tinder for a long time. That's good. There to you know. go. Fair enough. Um, do you want me to get to the mailbag questions here? Should we? Yeah. Should we do yeah. that? Sure. All right. Um, let me get to the mailbag. Do do do. Give me a second. All right. So Scott, you had two questions. I really like these questions, by the way. Like, I'm I'm glad you asked these questions. Golf course you've always wanted to play anywhere in the world. Do you have a, a course that you were thinking specifically? Because I actually do have a course. You do? Okay. And my course is St. Andrews in Scotland. Okay. Yep. I think, the, I, I mean, Everyone's, I think yeah. kind of like Augusta National is like in its own echelon. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Like how we were talking about yep. with Phil and Tiger. Yep. Or how I talk about like Dodger Stadium is like an upper echelon like stadium that you have to go see if you're a baseball fan. Sure. I would put Yankee Stadium in that picture too. Not so. new Yankee Stadium. New Yankee Stadium, you oh. don't you don't okay. have anyways, to. but you've been there. So just I've been it. there, so I can tell you. But yeah. in terms of golf courses, St. Andrews. Okay. I would love to go play St. Andrews, go play a Lynx course in Scotland. Yeah. Maybe when the weather's not as nice. So it's like the real, you know, real deal Lynx golf. Sure. I think that'd be okay. really cool. Okay. Cool. You have a golf course you're thinking of? I have three. There's Ooh. three that come to mind. Um, there is a course in Africa where. Well, I think I know which one you're talking about. For the 19th hole, you fly up in helicopter up to, I think it's a 400 meter cliff. Yes. And the par three, it's like a 320 yard par three. But get this. It's 400 meters down, so you're going to hit driver, but you're going to get there. And the green is in the shape of the African continent. It's, this is in South Africa. This is this is true. This is legit. You can go look this up. Um, I've always wanted it to be cool. It'd be like the coolest shot of a lifetime. Um, so that would be really cool. Um, I think that's, so that's one for sure. Uh, it's not a PGA Tour course by any means, but it just to be able to say, oh, I've... You just know, you did that. Yeah, I hit a 400 yard drop shot on into the heart of africa i, I think that's the name of the, the hole or the course or whatever um anyways yeah it's it's in africa it's a looks like a great time um that's one for sure um the there's two others um course called capital soul and uh los cabos mexico we drove by it a few times i went to the range and hit balls never had a chance to play it i think that's when i want to go back and play at oceanside in Los Cabos in the dry heat, I think it'd be fun to play. Um, the third one, wow. Um, I'm gonna say Augusta. Augusta National, I think that's a yeah. Of course, I think it's I think it's just like it's an easy answer, but it's one of those courses like it, it's like, the right answer though. That's the thing is that it's the right yeah. answer. Yeah, there's you can't go wrong with Augusta National, and again, it's the, the course, the Masters course, right? It's, it's second to none, right? Second so, to none. Yep. Uh, second question you asked: uh, Team Drake or Team Kanye? Mm. Okay. I don't know if it could be either on either one of them's team, either one of them team, like their teams. Yeah. I I, I think how I am, I'm just like, nah, I'll do my own thing. Like I'll listen to your music, but I don't want to be a part of your entourage. Right. I got you. That makes sense. Oh, maybe even more Kanye. Like, I wouldn't want to be a part of Kanye's because I think that dude's actually, like, got, like, like mental 
He wowed him. He straight wowed him, dude. He's wilding. And yeah. maybe not always good days. <laughs> maybe, you know, going to the White House with a Make America Great hat, uh, great again hat, not the best look. Fair enough, yeah. But, uh, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of just, I'm going to stay in the, I'm going to stay in the neutral. I'm going to stay right down the middle. I'm going to be. Uh, okay. Hey, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I'm Canadian. Drake's Canadian. I, you know, I'm I not love the grassy. I've never seen a grassy, but that's, that's a little. We should, point. we should do that as a pod one time is make like, have like a Degrassi film study. And then we like review Degrassi. Make that our new, some of our new entertainment. Um, yeah. We just go and review like. <laughs> People submit shows that are sure. on Netflix or like movies. Oh, speaking of Netflix, Seinfeld, which is actually, I'm going to watch Seinfeld when it comes out in October. Oh, good for you. I'm going to watch Seinfeld. I'm committed you to can, it. You can you can finally understand like half of my references. Yes, when, finally. I know. When, when we actually have conversations. That's going to be really, that, that's key. That's that's key. Oh, of course. Um. So anyway, yes, I'm okay. But no, I'm in terms of the Drake Kanye thing. I'm kind of with you too. I don't want to be on one of either side. I both their music is awesome. Kanye's, oh, they're both they're both like like fantastic music. Yes, I'm not arguing that. Um, Drake's Canadian. I I'm always gonna support Drake, but Kanye. I can't go. I can't choose one here. Like it's just like I don't know. Like they got they gotta hash it out, and eventually they'll be fine. They've been on a song together. We actually looked this up before. So yeah. They're fine. I don't have, yeah, I'm team, team both, I guess. Team um, the Donna album was better than sort of a lover boy, but they're both great artists. So. Yeah. You know what? I agree with that. We'll end on a positive note. We'll end on agreement. I like you, it. You could tell this is a Canadian podcast where we're agreeing on stuff at the very end. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Scott, any final thoughts before we head out here on this Sunday night? Nope. Awesome. Good. Great stuff, bro. Good chatting with you. Good I will to say see it's good to be back in the Okanagan, and I'm really excited to see some people at school next week. Who who are you? Who are you most anticipated? Like, can't wait to see. Who are who are you highly excited to see that you haven't seen in a long time? Kieran McBride. Oh 100%. God, percent. That man is a he's a beautiful man. I think I'm gonna see him tonight. Actually, he's a, that 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 dude. Like that man. He, he lives a, on the edge in a good way pure man rocking absolutely right i have no problem saying that that that's that's a good answer thank you all right that's the podcast uh for september 5th uh thank you very much for listening uh if you're watching on youtube be sure to like this video subscribe to our channel uh follow us on spotify apple podcast wherever you listen to us be sure to subscribe to the podcast uh are we we're recording again thursday night are we gonna is that the plan still right now Maybe it depends on we'll we'll chat. We'll figure we'll it chat? out. Okay. So we we'll chat, at least, but yeah, at least we'll one see. more podcast coming out this week, probably two, but at least one more for sure that you can check out on uh Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh we'll let you know. Thank you very much uh again for watching. Thank you again to Scott. Thanks, Scott. We'll be back again soon. Peace out. <laughs>